Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Greetings and thanks to all of you gathered here today. And greetings and thanks to all those who have made our lives possible. Mother Earth and her support of all that walks and crawls and flies and swims the celestial bodies, our guiding spirits and teachers, and all our ancestors, families, and friends. Greetings and thanks. For at least a thousand years, the Six Nations Confederacy, the Haudenosaunee, have opened every gathering with a Thanksgiving address. They call it, I'm going to really garble this, but I'll try. Ohen ton kari wate quen. Words before all else. The address doesn't depend on whether the harvest was good or whether the people agree about the issues to be discussed. It's just giving thanks. And it's a long process, traditionally. I boiled it down to one opening paragraph, but it can take an entire day or more for this Ohenton. Because it's important to make sure that no one is left out. And each passage of the address ends with the words, now our minds are one. So you can imagine if you attend a ceremony like this before a meeting begins, and your mind is perhaps scattered here and there, and you're worried about this and that, how many of you came to Daibusatsu in that frame of mind. Oh, good. Nobody here. Oh, 
the time the first few passages are recited, and by the time we say once again, now our minds are one, we start to feel it, right? Let's say it together. Now our minds are one. For us more recent immigrants to this continent, today is designated as the one day in the calendar year of the United States, we can officially say thank you. It's kind of bizarre, isn't it? One day, Thanksgiving, and then next day, what do they call it? Black Friday? (laughs) Eat as much as you can, and then go and spend as much as you can, and buy as much as you can. And this is our version of the Thanksgiving address. Some of us who know a little bit of American history may think of the many acts of kindness on the part of the Mashpee Wampanoags who noticed that the first European settlers were ill-equipped to survive on their own and brought them squash, beans, and other plants, animals, and fish. The thanksgiving then were short-lived. We know what happened next. Long centuries of broken treaties and genocide. And we, sitting here today, are inextricably linked, karmically linked to all that. So let us enter into a heartfelt prayer that we do every day. The verse of purification. All the harmful karma ever committed by me since of old, caused by my beginningless greed, anger, and folly, born of my body, mouth, and thought, 
I now confess and purify it all. Now, with this spirit, we can thank all the indigenous peoples of this land whose spiritual teaching is to give thanks. Not one day a year, but continuously. And the more we feel and offer thanks, the more each moment is experienced as a blessing. Do you feel this blessing? It's amazing to be here today in this extraordinary place. Not only of such beauty, but of the profundity of the teachings that are so deeply a part of this land upon which we stand. As you know, gratitude is not a matter of getting what we like or prefer. In fact, it's often in the midst of what we really don't want. But the most difficult challenge that befalls us often in the midst of that, that something shifts. We're jolted out of our usual self-absorbed mindset. And what do we feel? Heart opens. Maybe it breaks open. We realize that we can't assume anything. And maybe with that opening, our own pain lifts and self and other are not set apart. 
and all those self-referential complaints drop away. And what's left? This is not a hard question. What's left? Thank you. Just thank you. The Buddha taught in the Dhammapada, for those who know their lives will end soon. Quarrels come to an end. No matter what our age, no matter what the state of our health, death is a a really pretty sure bet. Anybody disagree? Planning to live forever, are you? When we're shaken out of our complacency by illness or some impending loss, grief, it's then that we can really feel how wondrous this moment is. How amazing this one precious breath. You look out, those snow-laden branches. We look in this room. Some 40 Buddhas sitting here. Thank you. Comes naturally. And with this thank you comes a renewal of resolve to care for the lives in which we are participating and to work toward the healing of our planet. I've spoken to many of you about the extraordinary inspiration of the week-long parliament of the world's religions in Toronto held at the beginning of this month. Among the 8,000 or so of us were many indigenous elders and wisdom keepers of every tradition. One message predominated. Do you know what it was?
our greed, our willful ignorance have caused great distress for Mother Earth. Now, she is asking us to stop, to pay attention, to heal her, and to heal ourselves from the three poisons, greed, anger, and ignorance. Individually and collectively, we must shift from that old paradigm of commodification and competition to one of collaboration and inclusion. We have to make the changes necessary so that the planet we know and love. How many of you have thanked this earth today? This planet that we know and love and take for granted most of the time. We have to make these shifts so that it can continue. And this requires diligence in our practice, creativity, in working with each other and courage. Now, courage is not about pushing our own agenda and prevailing over those with whom we disagree. It's about working together with humility. We must have this humility in order to have bravery. And to be in the midst of not knowing, not jump to our own conclusions born of our various conditioning and habits. In the midst of not knowing, to have the willingness to listen, to understand the truth that is inexpressible in words. This courage is about sitting in silence and feeling the heart naturally opening. 
and not trying to shield ourselves from the suffering within and around us. At the Parliament, the author Karen Armstrong told us, we must feel distress ourselves in order to have compassion. This requires a daily extirpation of the ego, an emptying of self. In other words, zazen. What the open heart receives can then direct our thoughts, words, and deeds organically. Many years ago, somebody ran for president on the unpopular teachings of what I've just been talking about. Do you remember? Who did Florida steal the election from? Hmm? Al Gore. And he posed what he called an inconvenient truth. And all these years have gone by. And that truth has become more of a crisis than ever. Our conveniences are a big part of the problem now recognized by some as climate change. And we really have to examine our reliance upon them. We can't keep going on in the same way. Scientists tell us we may have 10 or 12 years to turn this serious crisis around. We're not doing too well in this country, are we? In order to heal Mother Earth, we can engage in a new kind of repentance. We can see, we can ask ourselves, how much have we been taking, taking, taking? How? We've assumed 
that everything on this planet is ours. We need to sacrifice our luxury-bound way of life and ask ourselves, do I really need that? Can I avoid using the car tomorrow? It's a long walk back to New Jersey. (laughs) Can I just say no to plastic? That's a big one. The fish we eat. We're eating plastic. Can I use less water? Maybe don't run it full blast. Maybe turn it off in between washing a dish and the next. Can I use less electricity? Do all the lights really need to be on? Can I encourage my community to switch from full reliance on fossil fuels to adopting wind and solar power? These are all things Every single one of us can ask, seriously ask ourselves, and come up with some willingness to act upon those questions. And finally, can I share what I have more freely, realizing that in truth nothing belongs to me. Before we chant sutras, we recite opening this dharma. We say, this dharma incomparably profound and minutely subtle, is rarely met with, even in hundreds of thousands of millions of eons. Rarely met with. How rare it is The saying goes to be born in human form. Rarer still, it is to meet the Dharma, to have a teacher to guide us on this path. As humans, 
we can have the sincerity to admit to our mistakes and have the resolve to rectify them and to purify our karma. This is really what sets humans apart from the rest of the animal kingdom. And the verse continues. We now can see this. Listen to this. Accept and hold this. May we completely realize and actualize the Tathagata's teaching. Seeing this, listening to this, this means in between the forms we take for real is the great mystery, the formlessness. In between the words we think we have to depend on is the wordless, the wondrous. To accept. This is we raise our hands when we bow and accept this Buddha's feet is accepting this and holding this. We are held. We are offering. We are holding. We are saving. May we Realize this, actualize this. The power of gratitude, the gift of love. Thank you. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.